Notre Dame's quarterbacks, where we've been, we all know the kind of the general struggles with Kelly to find elite level consistency, guys that are you're going to win not with, but because of in our biggest games. We've talked about that before. I feel like a lot of the recruiting, a lot of the quarterback discussion with Notre Dame has been recruiting based, which makes sense because of the elite high-end potential, Dante Moore and all that. But I almost feel like more people are talking about the future of what that quarterback room is going to look like and not as much about what we have in-house to work with to face Ohio State soon and this next year. I really would like to hear from you where you think Notre Dame's at now. Not potential with recruiting, but what we have in-house. How do you feel about Pine, Buckner? How do you think that is going to go to start the year? I have a couple things I want to ask you about that. Where are you at to begin that discussion? Well, in terms of that discussion, I think it's everything seems like it's it's Buckner created a little bit of separation in spring. Not sure what you heard. That's kind of the rumblings that I've heard with those in the know is that it's more there's more separation there than what entered spring. And I and not to say I'm heartbroken by it, but Pine is just a guy I've rooted for. I, he just has like that. Not that Ian Book was like the greatest quarterback in Notre Dame history, is a winningest quarterback in Notre Dame history, but he had this that way that he was just always well it's supposed to be Wimbush. Well, here's Ian Book pushing him. He's taking his job, or it's supposed to be. Well, it's going to end up being. Um, it's not going to be Ian Book for the long term. It's instead going to be Jerkovic. And, well, he beats him out, and Jerkovic ends up transferring to Boston College. And it's like Ian Book just kind of had this way of sticking around. And, and Pine has kind of had that same path of, like, okay, he was brought in, a four-star guy, and he's still here. He's still kicking it, still kicking it. But it seems like that started to separate itself a little bit. I, where I'm at is, like, so much curiosity. Because when I look at it, like, Buckner for a first time around last year? Okay, he was a savior against Virginia Tech when he first entered that game. Got Notre Dame, I believe it was two scoring drives right away, and then he got awful in a flash. And if he doesn't hurt himself jumping in frustration after throwing an interception, does Jack Cohn come back in? Does Notre Dame win that game? Who knows? Um, but it happened and so be it. I think that a lot is made of, well, he had that bad showing as the game went out against Virginia Tech. It's like, okay, yeah, he did, but that's a true freshman. I, anyone that's followed his career knows that reps are just not there for him. Lost a year to an ACL, lost a year to COVID in high school. Yeah. Like he's a true freshman last year, but he's even less than a true freshman, I would argue. Like, that's yep. that's yep. a greener freshman than a normal freshman. And it's and really like, frustrating because it's nobody's fault. You lose a year to COVID. You lose an ACL year. And then you know what else adds to this? I think a part of this issue with his developmental track not being where anybody wants it is, yeah, those issues before. Then we get into next year. And 
him and Cone's skill sets did not overlap in any way at all. And I think that stopped us from seeing more of him because these packages were built more for Cone. And then, like, nothing overlapped because what Cone was good at, he wasn't good at. And what he was good at, Cone wasn't good at. So I feel like there was no continuity at all between those guys trying to run the offense last year. You had offensive line issues bad the first half of the year that then got better. So that's a frustration too. And then even fast forward into the blue and gold game. I do my blue and gold preview, what to look for, you know, top five things to look for. And I have all these different items. What's number one? It isn't just seeing this guy. It's, I want to see him throw the ball around. Let's see what he could do. Chemistry with these receivers. I know he can run. I want to see him throw. He gets in a fight with some stairs. And before you know it, he's at the tailgate with me instead of playing in the game. Talking about people that had the worst weekend of the blue goal weekend. It doesn't get much worse than what Tyler Buckner had to do. Hey, kid, you're going to be starting playing blue. Nope, you're going to go hang out with John. You're going to be stuck on John duty for, for all yeah, this. Yeah, and it's like, who wants to sit there and take pictures with me when, instead of doing that? But it's just like every opportunity to see what more of what he's made of. There has been a setback. And now it's like, here was another one in blue and gold. And now it's just like, well, good luck at the horseshoe. It's all you, buddy. And it's like, it's exciting, but it's kind of like you you don't know what to expect. And, and we know he's a very gifted runner. You're also worried about getting his head knocked off if you lean on that too much. Yeah. But we haven't really seen him in a passing game enough to make a lot of big picture judgments. You also have questions how many guys he's going to be able to throw the ball to. Like, there's all of this in a big stew of what's it going to look like? Nobody knows the answers. You have the stiffest test you're ever going to have right out of the gate. This could go a million different directions. And I just, it's rare for me to sit there and go, I really don't know what to think, but I really don't know what to think. What do you think we're going to get? How is the right way to frame this discussion the rest of the summer leading into into the fall? Well, I mean, it, it's what, chicken or the egg when we got, kind of go into this. Like, we, get, we have to evaluate Buckner, but you, you also have to evaluate everything that's around him. And uh, you asked me about Buckner specifically, so I want to try to answer with Buckner specifically, but... I other parts of that equation have to be factored in. Yep. Buckner's going to get the benefit of having the best tight end in college football. Like that's, that's something that's going to be utilized. Yep. And you assume that defenses are going to try to take away Michael Mayer because he's the biggest threat on this team. And by doing so, it should mean to do a lot of, a lot of bracket coverages to, to Mayer that should open up a lot of other things, whether that's running lanes for a quarterback on a keeper that Buckner's shown that he's able to do whether it, it means emergences for, for, for Colsey or what it styles, whichever that might be, like, okay. But it, so much of it comes down to what's around him. But I like Buckner has 
for being an 18-year-old last year with damn near no football experience, coming into a Division One program, and for the most part, he played in mop-up duty. Sure, he played against Toledo, and it was it was what an 80% plus more run call when he was on the field than than any past attempts that he had. Like, would have liked to see that one a little bit more somewhere near 50-50 instead of what the actual number ended up being, which I think was like 80 plus percent runs. Uh, with him on the field, just to get like a all right, let's 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 see what an offense might look like under him, and get him reps that way, so the first real ones don't come at the horseshoe, like you've alluded to. But I, with all that said, like I, you can make a lot of excuses for him, mainly the experience and the injuries and just the craptastic luck that he's had. I, I have some pretty damn high expectations for him. Like I really do. Like even with it going to the horseshoe. Ohio State's got a just knockout offense. They have the best receivers in the country. They'll probably score 45-plus a night this coming season. I expect Notre Dame to be able to put up 30-plus points in this game. Like, yeah, there, I, if, if there's I, a win. first start, like, I, I'm expecting yeah. Notre Dame to be at or above 30 points in this thing. If there's a weak point for Ohio State, it's definitely on that side of the ball for them. You know, right. so I do they're think outscore you. they're not going to, they're not going to stop teams regularly yeah. this year. Like they are built to outscore you. And that's yeah, in college football. You have to be built that way. But they're looking to score 40 plus a week in the big 10, even in big 10 weather. That's what they're looking to do, yeah. you know, but I, I think, I think you're, you're fair in your assessment, but it, in, and having an offense, here's another big thing. We touched on the skill positions, but I feel strongly this offensive line for Notre Dame is going to be much more effective to start the year than they were last year. So that's a big that year went on. I, yeah, I, exactly. I, and so I think that is a big comfort to me that at least I feel like that isn't going to be a huge issue where you just can't do any, you can't run anything you want to run when the line was as bad as it started out last year. Like, okay. Nobody's fault that our great freshman guy that was going to play right away got hurt on the line. Like, I get it. But it just, that's going to help because I feel like with Harry and these guys, you're going to have a much more effective line right away. That's great. Here's the other thing. And this matters to me, and maybe it shouldn't, but it just does. I feel like over the years, I have a pretty good gauge of like, meeting people and just kind of getting, I just get a vibe when I meet somebody, just kind of how they are. Um, when I met Buckner at that blue and gold thing, that dude is California, calm, cool, collected, just laid back, ice in his veins. Like you could just tell by the way he was interacting First time meeting the guy, only a few minutes. That guy has ice water running through his veins, and I could tell it just from this dynamic. Just calm, cool, collected. Just, just kind of felt like he just was calm in a way I've never been in my life. Okay, that just that's his deal, and I don't know if that's a California boy thing, laid back thing or what, but I'm going to tell you where that matters. 
when you go into the horseshoe in prime time and you have 100,000 drunk Ohio people yelling at you, that's where I think that comes into play. And I remember thinking it in that moment, keep this kind of vibe going when there's 100,000 Ohio State fans yelling at you. I like that vibe in a Notre Dame quarterback. He just seems like he's not going to panic and freak out out there. And I like that. Yeah, I mean, you met him personally. I've never met the kid. But it seems like if you just look at his experience, the one game that he did play the most in at least meaningful downs in last year was that Virginia Tech game. Where was the toughest place Notre Dame went to play a game last year? Probably that Virginia Tech atmosphere at Lane Stadium. Not to say that that's the same as Ohio State on opening weekend in front of a national audience and 100,000-plus, but for that being kind of your first time thrown to the fire, that's not a terrible setting to have on your resume of like, hey, I've, I've done something before. Maybe I didn't play my best game. Sure as hell didn't play most complete game, but didn't play my best game. But I've been through that trench warfare here a little bit. It's, it's not that it's going to be easy, but I know what to expect. Sure, my name's going to be called as the starter, and I'm going to run out there with the starters when the first snap's taken instead of Jack Cohn. But I've had that experience where I've been through a crazy atmosphere, a loud atmosphere, where you're using only hand signals because you can't hear the guy next to you. Receivers can't hear your calls. Tackles can't hear your calls. You're like, It helps that he's done what he did where he did specifically last year. And it's not like, a, oh, my God, it's going to make all the difference in the world. But getting back to, like, the little things, I'm glad he has that experience to, to not having it, even if it wasn't necessarily the best showing, um, especially in, like, completeness uh, last year at Vitek. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. And you know what? This is a guy who has all that frustration of having all these snaps taken from him for all these oddball reasons and COVID and injury – he has got to be chomping at the bit, having a point to prove, ready to go out there. Like, it is finally my time, and I'm going to go out there and make something happen. So as far as personality-wise go, I, I feel comfortable with him rolling into Ohio State, and we, we just got to see how he plays. It's, it's, it's uh, To me, it's ultimately like, how do his teammates feel about that? Like, we can sit here and ridicule things about Jack Cohn last year of, why do you have a guy that's a statue back there at quarterback? You need somebody that's mobile. You have an offensive line that that can't pass block right now, especially early part of the year, and make all these complaints and excuses and frustrations. But it's like, to a man, you didn't hear any rumblings of displeasure from teammates about Jack Cole. Like, to a man, they love that guy. Yep. And – and that's hard when you're that's hard when you haven't been there the whole time and you come in and then you're at a leadership position right away. And you, just, you know what? That's a tough dynamic, Nick. Right. And you so know, I, those, I, those guys all knew each other, got recruited together, grew up together at school together. And then the class, you come yeah. in at the most important position and are kind of the default leader. That's a unique position. That's a little bit awkward. How do you walk into that? You know, yeah, yeah difficult. And I like to Buckner, ain't not necessarily to his credit, but to his in a feather and a cap in a way, it's all right. This is a guy that instead of having that dynamic, like this is a guy that you came up with some of these dudes that are around you, you came in the same recruiting class, freshmen that come in, look up to you being a guy that's been around this a year already, 
that's been a quarterback in this system for a year already, even if you weren't the starter. And it's, it, it's positive. Again, it doesn't mean he's going to go have a banner performance and a great showing at Ohio State, but it gives me a little bit of optimism instead of this. All oh, the bright, the lights are going to be too bright. The stage is going to be too big. Everything's going to be too difficult. Might as well just not get off the bus and, 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 and stay in your hotel room in Columbus when first weekend in September comes around. No, like there's enough for me to think that, no, I would gun to my head. I'm not picking Notre Dame to win this game, but there's enough to make me think that this thing's going to at least be pretty compelling. And Tyler Buckler's a reason, part of the reason for that. And you know what else? This is a roundabout way, and I might just be saying this to make myself feel better. Maybe the fact that there isn't a ton of tape on Buckner could help Notre Dame in some way. I don't think it hurts. Like, nobody's seen him throw that much. Maybe you can catch him thinking this guy can just run, you know? And then you maybe, like, I don't know. I mean, I'm open to it.